Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here. Today's show is brought to you by Amazon.com. And why is it brought to you by Amazon.com? Because if you go to the Mazodcast website and click on the Amazon banner, we get a sweet, wet taste of them dollar bills. So if you're purchasing drugs or prostitutes or... Well, anything else you can get on Amazon, I assume all those things are available. Do it through the Mazodcast Amazon banner and let us wet our beak, M-I-Z. Block looking left with time, fires deflected, picked off. It winds up in the hands of Carlton Davis. I'm interested in the body language of Missouri right now. And it's not going well here early for him. Well, Carrion Johnson, is he going to get a chance for his fifth? He dives towards the end zone. Touchdown. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans. Welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is the head cashier at the Old Un Theater, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And Barry Odom's uh, lead speechwriter is Caleb Bungard. He's with us. War Eagle. <laughs> it's the season where we're going to talk about the uh, pin loss after loss after loss, and this week it was against Auburn. This is probably the one that we probably expected the most going into the season, but uh, we didn't expect what led up to it or how bad it would be. Missouri ended up losing this game, I believe it was 51-14. to 14. Yeah, I hope you took the points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we urged you to take the points, take the spread, take Auburn. It should have been 60. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, instead of going through this point by point uh, like we had when football mattered, mm-hmm. uh, Colin, I think first things first, let's just get this out of the way. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. So, <laughs> as we have the last few weeks, we've been getting a lot of voicemails. <laughs> yeah. and uh, We've become the place for fans to come, mm-hmm. to uh, express vent. themselves, to vent, to... Uh, Free therapy. We, we consider this to be basically, um, yeah... A, psychological healing you know listen we get we're taking we take grief for being too negative mm-hmm. like we just we're too down listen nobody in the state is going to be bigger cheerleaders for this team when they're good you know see the first season of Mazodcast when we were actually winning mm-hmm. yeah. unfortunately Rock. for the last <laughs> fucking three years we had to be this mm-hmm. we don't want to be this no and, and don't get me wrong colin i still love mizzou i and when they win i will be very happy yes but they are not winning. They're yeah. not good. And, and you know so I'm not going to pretend this? like they are. You know who agrees with this? Who's that? These gentlemen that have called the show. Well, let's hear this first. Oh, let me preface this. Uh, we talked about how we had so many voicemails from that Purdue game. Yeah. Well, when I was clearing out my voicemails, there was a backlog of really good messages that we didn't get to. So there's a couple old ones that I'm going to play for you now. Okay. Hey, guys. Tim. Um, you know, I've been trying to keep my calm. Uh, we're currently down 28-0, and I just wanted to say that Besides Fireberry, we're no better than Kansas, and that's the worst thing I've ever had to admit in my life. Okay. Thank you, Tim. That is a terrible thing to have to admit. 
I want to be mad, but at this point, you can't even be mad. I can't. It's just embarrassing across all forms. And Agreed. If Barry Odom has a job on Monday, I would be shocked. He did. He said it's job. an embarrassment to the program. It's an embarrassment to the university to lose a game like this. And quite frankly, a shame. And maybe they'll turn it around. Maybe they won't. But all I know is that if Barry Odom is the head coach of the Missouri football team next season, I'm not watching a single game. Yeah, you will. You will. We yeah. all say that, but we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We watch this hot garbage. <laughs> hot, hot garbage. Here's another one for you, Colin. Well, third game in. And it's already fucking over, fellas. <laughs> I don't know what the hell else they can do. They can't catch a fucking ball. We can't play fucking offense. Check. We can't play fucking defense. Check. The best goddamn guy on the team is a fucking punter. The fucking kicker. He's the best we got. And that's, the sad thing is, it ain't the talent. We got Demetrius Crockett. Demarius. We got fucking Drew Locke. We have the fucking receivers. We don't have no fucking coaches. Incorrect. Holy shit. I hope Jim Sturt, I'll be listening to your fucking podcast. I certainly I, hope he doesn't. I hope he hears the fans. I hope he sees the fans leaving. They're going to put that new fucking stands in. There ain't going to be no one there. You think people want to pay for that shit? If the fucking players don't give a shit. Why the fuck should the fans? That's all I got. Can't wait for basketball season. Kisses. Kisses. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. What the fuck is this shit? We can just play that on repeat each yeah, week. I sure. think that applies game after game. Sup, y'all. Uh, <laughs> Short-time listener, first-time caller. Just want to say, at at this point, it's just, it's, it's just, it's, you can't even be mad anymore. It's <laughs> just guy's, fucking hilarious. I don't think he's drunk. He's stoned. bad Mizzou is right now. Fucking Jamon Moore? More like... Jamon can't fucking score because he's too busy getting the ball ripped out of his fucking hands in the fucking goddamn end zone. That's a long name. A little wordy. Fuck? I don't give a fuck if it was 35 to 3 with like fucking three minutes left at that point. What the fuck are you doing, dude? This guy's going through You're puberty on air. Tweeting mm-hmm. about how you want to play with for the fucking Sounds Texans like in South July. Mm-hmm. You fucking drop 10 passes a game. <laughs> get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> what the? I, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking get it. Barry O, you're a fucking defensive coordinator and you're a fucking great. And then you're a fucking head ball coach and you can't even fucking find your own dick. Like what? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I wish I knew. I, I, I don't. He I don't know. know. He doesn't um, know. We don't know you. M-I-Z though. <laughs> I do not know what is the fuck this is on SEC Network. But this is not Tiger football. Mm, I'm afraid it 47 is. 47 yards of <laughs> fucking tigers. offense. Mm. I can deal with the struggling defense. No, we're still in last we, week's call, right, Brendan? We've been struggling okay. a long time ago. To struggle just as bad on the offensive side of the ball and special teams. This is the worst fucking special teams I think I have seen in Mizzou in my lifetime. This is fucking embarrassing. Barry's got to go. Everybody's got to go. This is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so I think we detect a theme there mm-hmm. after Purdue. Well, I'm glad we got those. You yeah, know, I, I felt bad with some. I mean, there's still mm-hmm. several folks that didn't make air. Yeah, but they weren't coherent enough to make air. So. Right. Well, I mean, there's a lot of alcohol, and we don't fault them for that. Just mm-hmm. not being able to speak or form words. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, thank you for everybody calling in, and we're going to try to get as many of these on the air as we can because I think people want to hear what it's other cathartic. fans have to say. Yeah, I mean, it feels good to get it out there. But I, I mean, I like to know: am I am I the only one? Am I the only one mad about this? 
certainly we found out Barry Odom was mad this week. Mm-hmm, which I did. Mm-hmm. Very upset. So, yeah, I mean, what what are your takeaways? You knew we were going to lose Auburn. We lost badly. We didn't look like we'd improved at all. Thoughts? I guess my thought is is that um, I kind of expected – I knew they'd lose badly. Mm-hmm. What I expected was early on that they would really fight hard. And then the first real kick in the balls would they'd fall apart, you know, because they, mm-hmm. they don't believe in themselves. But they probably practice all week. I'm like, we're legit. We're for real. And tried to pump themselves up. And I expected like a first quarter of scrappy, like, let's stay in this thing. And then they'd fumble and that would be it. You know what I mean? They just fall apart like a two-dollar pocket watch in a fucking hammer mill. But they didn't even do that. They yeah. were just garbage from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no scrappiness. It was like Purdue where we just got down early and stayed down mm-hmm. and got further and further down and just never showed signs of anything. Nope. Nope. No progress. Zero. Yeah. The story of the of the day wasn't even the game, though. I mean, I guess it was, or at least from the media standpoint, Barry Odom came out and did something that he had not done previously, which was he was very fired up and gave an angry sermon to the media about uh, the state of the program and his plans for turning this thing around. If you haven't been exposed to this speech, uh, we want to play it for you right now, a little bit of it, so that you know you have a sense of what we're going to talk about. Because we'd like to really... I mean, I think it says a lot about where we are, where Barry Odom is, his concern for his job, mm-hmm. and really the state of the locker room. So we're going to play that for you so you know sort of reference what we're talking about. Here is Barry Odom's speech after the Auburn game. I want to get one thing real straight. I'm going to win here. That's going to happen. We will win, or we won't. This is a turnaround. Any way you slice it, or dice it, or frappe it, or put it in a blender, like they do with margaritas, they're delicious, by the way, or want to look at it, this is a turnaround process. And unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I'm built for this, or I'm not. I've been in a whole heck of a lot of this, my entire life. I'm built for it. I'm fucking 220 pounds of stacked shit, man. Hey, man, I find myself in these situations way too often. I'm the man to do the job, or I'm not. I want to go back to the year 1997-1998 when Larry Smith was here, all right? His ass went and fought for 14 years because the administration was too dumb to fire him and finally broke down the wall. He did it. He did it. And now Trump's trying to put it back up. Well, I don't like that. All right. And there's a lot of people who went and sacrificed and did a lot of things to get that turned around. And I was part of it. Not an important part, but I was part of it. I was in the locker room. I saw it. It wasn't like Santa Claus. It was real. I was a captain. And not the kind that wears a silly parrot on his shoulder. I know what it takes. Okay? Fast forward to 2004. The fast forward buttons want two Fs. Everybody wants to run Gary Pinkle out of town, okay? That's pretty damn foolish, if you ask me. All right, because he's all he's done is become the winningest coach in program history. All right? Okay? All right? Is everybody all right? All right? Is everybody all right with that? Anybody in the front row, you. Are, are you all right? How about you? You with the bald head. You all right? You want a soda pop? Hey, get, get that guy there soda pop. But anyway, Gary Pinkle, you know, he did good things. I mean, other than hire me. That was a turnaround. It took time. That's where we're at, okay? All right? It's a turnaround. I don't like it. I want to win right now. But that seems virtually impossible. But that's not the hand I've been dealt. I've been dealt a hand of shit. And it's going to take some real strategy on the part of this staff to get it right. Guys, it's a turnaround. I came in here. We won five games with Gary Pinkle. I come in. I've won four games 
And now we're winning one game. It's turnaround. We're moving in a different direction. And that's the facts. We're not winning games yet, but we will. Maybe. I'm the man to go get it done with this staff, with this team, with this program, except for the defensive coordinator I hired. There's not anyone left standing after 2015. All right, I am. I know what it takes, or I don't. You don't see Delonte Cross standing. It's not going to be easy. Our team knows that. I know that, or I don't. Our program knows that. At least, I, God, I hope they do, because I do not have any other job skills. Okay, all right. But I got guys at the third-string left tackle from Rockbridge High School that I tried to recruit that's got a Twitter account with 12 followers, and he wants to put out how terrible we are. And fuck him, he may be right. He is absolutely right. But, all right, that's the way this society is. They want you to succeed for you to continue working your job. That's the way this society is. That's the way we go and we read and we think, oh gosh, Missouri football, where, where, where's this? And where's that? You know, like wins or players that should be on the field. You know, questioning me. I'm building the future for this football team and this program, and it looks bleak. And our kids are going to be successful for the next 40 years after they graduate from this good university. Now, football will in no way have helped, but they will be successful. They're going to have adversity in their life, and they're going to have to go back to this point on how they respond. Hey, do you know? All right. All right. All right. So I'm good. I've got a platform to be able to build it, kind of. I want to fast forward again. Again, two Fs on the button. It's on the right-hand side. To a little bit longer. Uh, 2012, I went to Memphis, okay? All right? Maybe historically at that point was the worst program in the country except for Kansas. In 2012, we won four games, all right? That's three more than we're going to win this season. 2013, we're a hell of a lot better. But we won three games, all right? Only three games. That's only two more games than we're going to win this season. So everyone was thinking, oh, they went backwards. No, we didn't go backwards. I mean, we did, but, you know, I'm telling you we didn't, so just fucking follow me here. No, we didn't go backwards. We were better in a lot of spots. And in 2014, we lined up and won 10 games. And I had very little to do with it. But I was there. All right? Okay? We won our conference championship. And at the end of the year, ain't nobody in the damn country that wanted to play our ass, I guarantee it, except maybe Alabama or Oklahoma or USC or Auburn or Michigan or Ohio State or Florida State or Baylor or Oregon, Wisconsin. Clemson didn't want no piece of it because we were playing the way you're supposed to go and play. It was a turnaround. Justin Fuente did it, and I was part of it, okay? All right? So, then fast forward to 2015, okay? All right? That was a tough year, all right? That built me for who I am today. And I know that sentence doesn't make a great deal of sense, but I said it. That built our program into the fucking trash heap it is at this current moment. That's the narrative. That's the turnaround. That's the state of our program. I'm disappointed. I'm frustrated. I'm horny. All the above. But I'm right here. I'm right where I want build this team with a whole bunch of guys who want to do it the right way. The right way in every aspect of our organization or program is probably the better word, but I'm not so good with words. So that's all I'm going to say about that. So let's move on. Who are we playing next week? So that was the speech, and like I said, a little bit of Odom we haven't seen before. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the, the, I, I, you know, I have some issues with the speech itself. As uh, do I. One of the things that concerns me about this team and about Barry Odom and even the, the last year of the Pinkle administration is there was, as we lose, the fans obviously get upset, you sure. know, and sometimes irrationally so, I'm including us. Yeah. And what I've also noticed is this program, there's a culture where they turn on the fans as well. You know, mm-hmm. they, and Barry Odom mentioned the, the third string tackle at Rockbridge mm-hmm. tweeting with 12 Twitter followers. But the thing I don't like about that is that, yeah, while a lot of the people complaining may not have played college football before or may not have been in the NFL or may not have been a coach, but you don't have to be to know the thing is a stinking piece of trash. You know what I mean? I, I mentioned to you off air, you know, I can go to a, a concert and a symphony and I don't know how to, I don't have to know how to play the violin or the cello or the flute or the drums or anything about music. But if it's a bad performance, I know it sucks. I don't have to know all that stuff. Yeah, you can to hear see it. and hear shit. Your and eyes, this is shit. You, you know, you just trust. You just watch the game. I mean, it's terrible in all phases. In all phases, they, mm. they, there is literally. It's getting to a point where you can't point to a single thing in the game that's positive. I mean, not a one. Well, thing. Corey Fatoni. Well, and and Crockett, God mm-hmm. love him. You know, flashed once mm-hmm. or twice, but it's just. <sighs> here's my problem with the speech. Is, and it was so maddening to me last night, and granted, I was loaded. <laughs> mm-hmm. But everybody's got their pitchforks out. Everybody's got their, mm-hmm. got, got their torches. We're ready to get Barry, run Barry Odom out of town on a rail. And then he gives this speech, and it's passionate, and it's fiery, Fire. and, it's, and it's, he bleeds Mizzou, and good for you. It does not wallpaper over the fact that this team has regressed. Mm-hmm. The best players in the team continue to regress. They are garbage in all three phases, and it just... People are just like, I believe in Barry Odom. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that statement if you're just saying literally I believe in him like he like he's not the Easter Bunny. Mm-hmm. But if you're implying that you think he has a future fixing this program, then fuck you. <laughs> and the fact that people can turn on a dime off of one fiery speech. After beginning boat race. Yeah. I mean, like, did you just watch them beat get fucking throttled by Auburn? This is okay with you now that he's given you a speech? Mm-hmm. Are you fucking kidding me? This is Caleb mentioned before the show, it's like it's like the I'm 40 speech by Gundy. What are we talking about here? Steady programs who win don't have fucking freakouts in press conferences. No matter how passionate they are, it's a bad sign for your fucking program that mm-hmm. this sort of... It needs to happen. Yeah, that this happens. That, that, that It's said this way. I'm just like, I don't understand. It's a turnaround, all right? It's a, it's a whatever. It's garbage. Let me ask you guys this. It does, and it, one last thing, Brennan. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take ownership. Don't look at what I'm doing right now, no matter how bad it is, because I'm going to get it right in the future. Get it right now. I, do, I don't want this, like, oh, don't blame me. It's almost, it smacks of, like, I was dealt garbage, and so what else do you want me? I'm, it's shit. I can't make chicken salad out of it. Fuck you. This is your program. For the last two years, they have fucking progress none. The defense is worse than ever. The offense is garbage. Drew Locke is garbage. This, Terry Beckner's garbage. Jamon Moore's garbage. What the fuck? Does one speech change about any of those facts? The one thing I wanted to ask both of you guys is that I had heard a lot of people say maybe this was by design. This whole fiery speech thing is to shift media attention away from the poor play on the field. He knew that if he got up there and was angry and and Mm -hmm. smacked the podium a little bit, that's what they talk about instead of how bad the game was. And it was a coaching move, essentially, to uh, deflect media attention. I think they're giving Barry Odom way too much credit. I don't know. I mean, I don't know the guy. I mean, and I'll say this, and, and this goes to Kim Anderson, too. I like him. I still like Barry Odom. Uh, yeah. I, and that's the thing I don't think a lot of people want to separate, but they should, is that 
liking the guy and thinking that he's – I mean, I don't think that Barry Odom is dumb at football. I, I mean, he's just – I think he's in over his skis. It's his first job. It's a big job. He It was hard after the 2015 protests and everything. Hard job, and, and it's not the right time for him. Regardless of what he thinks is happening in the midst of this t- so-called turnaround, it, it ain't working. Well, and all that said, I still like Barry Odom. Yeah, I mean, but is he the right guy for this job? Those are two different questions. Here's what the speech did for me. You know, if there's an, if there was a positive, quote unquote, to come out of it, because I did obviously did not take it the way a lot of fans did. It made me feel sorry for him. Hmm. You know, it humanized him for me because it's been really easy just to be like, get him out of here. He's terrible. But it humanized him. Like, there's a guy. He really loves this program. He really loves his school. It's easy to like Barry Odom. You know what I mean? You can tell he cares. But who cares if he cares if he can't win football games? It's a business at the end of the day. Win mm. football games. I'd have liked the speech more if he would have owned it. This is my team. They're playing terrible. It's my fault. And went through it like that. But he didn't really own it ever, saying this last you know year is all on me. Uh, at some point, as a coach, you have to own your team. Yeah, He I mean, didn't do it. He presented it almost as is this 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 result should have been our expectation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or there was no other option but to lose and look really bad. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? It, say you want to take him completely at face value, and you believe that Barry Odom will turn this program around, and he will win there as he proclaims. How does that explain away like the the week we had four consecutive offensive penalties, or the times that we dropped passes consistently, or can't make tackles like or all these punts. fundamental issues that aren't being resolved that aren't part of day one building a new program it's yeah. it, it just yeah day one shit like none of that answers any of those questions and those are questions that need answers mm-hmm. he never addresses specifics you know it's like it's great to say i'm going to turn this thing around i'm the right man for the job tell us how like tell us how we can you, you've never been a coach before you don't have a track record tell us how we get from point a to point b and how it's in the right direction well, i think you just i just i think you just heard barry Odom's appeal to jim stirk when he gets called in the office i mean i think you just damn near heard it verbatim you know what i mean as far as like he's going to try to sell it as a well maybe you don't have to give details i mean you just say it's going to be big and beautiful and tall like the wall yeah you know yeah, you never exactly. have to really explain what it is yeah you know you no, just, you're right you know in two years it's gonna be a great program it's gonna be wonderful we're gonna win 100 games mm-hmm. i know how to build programs because that's what i do i'm a program builder mm-hmm. yeah. why explain anything else besides that <laughs> well, half the people will believe you yeah you know you know it, how the press corps does uh, apparently, based on what I'm seeing on Twitter, you know, it's like they, they've been turned on a dime. Here's what it, you bring up a point that I feel like this speech, if you, if you wanted Barry Odom fired when the fourth quarter ended the Auburn game and 10 minutes later after his press conference is over, you wanted to keep him, then you're an idiot. You're just a stupid person who has been fucking coerced and, and put one over, over, I mean, by one speech. And what I'm hoping is, all I can hope is, is that Jim Sturk didn't get to this point in life, to his position in life, by being stupid and by being convinced by a little, you know, seven minute diatribe about why you're the right man. You know what I mean? Despite everything my eyes have shown me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let's pretend that our eyes don't work and I didn't just watch four straight games of just absolute miserable shit. And, you know, speech it away. And this mm-hmm. game doesn't upset me that much. It's Auburn. Yeah, I kind of expected it. You know, it not, it still burns from Purdue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, if, yeah. They, if, yeah. They, if they hadn't shit the bed against Purdue and then came in, you know, if they'd have won that game and then came in and got housed, it'd be okay. Yeah, it'd be a different, yeah. be a different you know, Auburn's podcast. Auburn's a better team. That's what it is. But, mm-hmm. you know, you're continually doing it, not showing anything better. It's a problem. Yeah. And it's, it was the same thing with Kim. 
They yeah. just, I wanted Kim to succeed. At least Kim's when, kids played hard, though. I mean, like you could see they sometimes. gave effort. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, they did. There were several of them that you could see gave gave effort all the time. And, and he, I guess, I guess what I'm what I'm saying though is is that my frustration with Kim and why basically from I didn't want him hired, and when he was hired, I immediately was like, this is a bad hire because there was no progress. It never moved an inch in a direction that was better. Not in three years. Not in the first season. Not this. And then Barry Odom is now a year and four games into this. That's right. And I've seen zero. Zero. In fact, no, I haven't seen zero, Brennan. I've seen a negative, you know, I've seen regression. You mm-hmm. know, it's not gotten better. It's gotten worse. Yeah. And it's in to, to not identify that, to not admit to it, and to listen to this speech and be turned around takes willful ignorance. I mean, you just got to bury your head in the sand mm-hmm. and be willfully ignorant about what your eyes just told you and what a, go- a coach just told you on a microphone. Compare this to 2014. We lost to Georgia 34 to nothing. We get beat by Indiana. And you talk about whether you can make progress in a season. Mm-hmm. That team, by the end of the year, when we were in Atlanta yeah. for the SEC championship, God damn right you can make changes inside a season. Like the, you should be able to see progress as the year develops. The kids are only here for 4 years. Brennan, so does, like if you can't if you can't fix them up in a year or two or 3 4 years, you're not coaching. How does this how does this speech explain away why Ish Witter is your feature back? <laughs> doesn't. How does it? it? Doesn't. How does it explain away that Rashad Brandon doesn't play? How does it explain away that Barry, Terry Beckner Jr who is supposed to be this ash ripping five-star recruit is basically anonymous or that this quarterback who's supposed to be all world is i mean worse than bad mm. i mean playing that way i mean how does it explain away the fact that jamon moore has has not uh, developed as a receiver in any way or the secondary makes the same mistakes week after week you've got two backs on the roster that are better than Ishwitter, and i don't i hate to constantly feel like i'm bashing Ishwitter because it's not Ishwitter's fault really he's just overexposed He's a, he's an add-on player. He's somebody you throw in there when somebody's a blow and he can get you some yards and he can block if you're in you know, a passing down. I mean, he has a role to play on this team. It's the coaching staff's fault because they overexpose him. They treat him like he's a feature back. Meanwhile, you probably got, I know you've got one feature back on the sideline and probably another to, to run this guy out there. Mm-hmm. You know, all the speeches in the world don't explain away these coaching decisions. I'm, it's maddening. It's maddening. Well, why don't we uh, take our first break? We'll get back to we got a lot of your voicemails. We'll get to those. <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss a little bit of Kansas news, the SEC, around the horn. We're going into a bye week. We're going to sort of reset the, the whole thing mm-hmm. and uh, come at it with a fresh look. Till then, this is a Mazzagas. Now the show with even fewer fans than the Kansas Jayhawks homecoming game, the Mazzotcast. We're back, guys. You want to hit the uh, hit the calls a little bit? Absolutely. All right. Here's our next call from the Auburn game. Boy, did I pick a good night not to have ESPNU. What a travesty. And then Barry Odom in the postgame, we're going to get this fixed. You know, we're improving every day. 
wasn't this offense supposed to be, like, special? Like, wasn't it supposed to be, like, a really good offense? Top 20 in the country, top 15 in the country, best in the SEC. And we scored three on Purdue. Uh, what was it tonight? 17, whatever, on Auburn. 14. Are, are you serious? That's pathetic. It's just pathetic. Like, the, the guys don't have any effort. If a defensive back gets beat on a post route one more time, I think I might just lose my mind. Linebackers biting. Isn't he supposed to be a defensive coach? I know we've, you guys have talked about this all the time. Everyone on Twitter has talked about this. Isn't he a defensive coach? You never want to see your head coach get fired because it means then your team's bad. But it's time. And it's going to suck because so many teams are going to be firing their coach. But this is a hole that Mizzou has dug themselves into that it's going to take four or five years to get out. I hope not. I kept hearing how great this offense is supposed to be. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Jonathan Johnson, Demetrius Mason, Jamon. Where was Jamon Moore tonight when the game mattered? Drew Locke usually can't take his eyes off him. He's paid <laughs> up it or something. Not even find him until the third quarter. Just ridiculous. I'm sick of it. You guys are uh, you guys are really brave during during this shit. You guys, have, I hope you guys have a good night. And besides watching that trash game, uh, keep up the good work. And uh, 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 Kentucky's not going to be any fun, is it? No, none of it's going to be fun. Nope. The fun is over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's let's uh, let's check in with our next call. Yeah. Fuck Mizzou. Fucking Barry Odom. Piece of shit. <laughs> Getting right to it. Fuck this shit. I went to the fucking game with my fucking family. Okay. What the fuck are you thinking on offense? You suck, dick. <laughs> Defense. Couldn't no, no. stop the damn it's thing. Analysis. Oh, we got a kicker. Yeah. We got a good punter. Let's go cheer for him. That's awesome. He is doing good, though. I'm not going to lie. But, <laughs> fuck. It's hard to watch. It's fucking hard to watch. Fucking truth on my ass. Fuck. Fucking hot fucking garbage. Fucking hot dick. Garbage. If he doesn't get fired, then I don't know what the fuck is going to happen after next season. And you got that fucking people, oh, give him time, give him time. Fuck that shit. We got the rest <laughs> of the season for this bullshit. Thanks, this is Mike. Thank you, Mike. Oh, six minutes left in the first quarter, and the only thing going through my head right now is the sound of silence. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I'm coming to talk with you again. I don't mind Missouri losing because football teams lose all the time last year. Goddamn Alabama, but football teams lose all the time. It's how bad we're playing. We just look hapless on defense, look completely unfocused on offense. It's, I don't, oh, God. I don't even know. I feel like. I feel you. I feel like I've just been got done crying. That's how bad this feels. It feels like I just spent the past hour and a half crying. And it's only been I goddamn did. nine minutes of the game. <laughs> Maybe we turned around. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe in the future we turn it around. Somehow I doubt it. Somehow I think Carrion walks in for another eight touchdowns this game. Close I love five. my team, but holy fuck, you have to do better than this. Podcast. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Thanks for calling in. Hey guys, uh, long time listener, first time caller. Uh, this, this is what depression is. Then. <laughs> this is what that is. Yeah. Um, our team is actually hot garbage. <sighs> like, uh, holy shit. This was one of those games where you don't even want to go drink after because you're sad. You just want to sit and be sober and sad. Because mm. they just, like, desensitized the fuck yeah, out of you. 55 to 14? Mm. Jesus. That's the most points Auburn has scored on anybody this year, and they play fucking Mercer. Who the <laughs> fuck is Mercer? God. 
it's a disease. Through lock. Okay, so I'm a fat dude, right? I could pick <laughs> off his passes. He telegraphs them so fucking much. I'm done with Drew. He's not good. He's not good. I'm done with Barry. Barry's not good. He sits there like a fucking sad puppy. Do something. Oh, my God. I know you're going to get fired, and you fucking deserve it. But why don't you try to do something? Mm. You know, the whole team sits on the sideline and doesn't give a shit. It's like, what's the fucking point then? You know, y'all are getting full scholarships to play and do what you love. You've been doing this your whole life. Do it, you know? Try. I don't care if we lose. I didn't think we were going to beat Auburn. But at least Same. give it a fucking chance. You know, God, the only person who looks like they're giving a damn is Corey Fatoni, and he's our fucking punter. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, I have a migraine, I think. <laughs> Depression and a migraine. That's, that's what this is. Um, thanks, Barry. Thanks, Drew. You, you give me headaches. <laughs> they give me diarrhea. Uh, yeah, mental, physical illness. Yeah, um, I'm pretty much just done with the new football. I mean, uh, the dang team can't even get past Missouri State, barely. Uh, I'm done. People are saying, I'll get there, you him a chance. No, nah, fire the dude. I'm done. This, done. Th- this game is a joke. Mizzou never had a chance. He's stepping in. Um, I'm done. Yeah, I think he's done. Yep, sure is. He gone. He gone. Yeah, one more thing I forgot to mention. Um, <laughs> he back. I have high expectations <laughs> for Drew Locke this year, and he's just looking like, Complete garbage. Uh, I, I don't know if it's just the receivers can't catch or or what, but Drew Locke has been a huge disappointment. Yeah, I understand. I've been going to games for this team for 40 years, and it's fucking pissing me off. <laughs> Can you fire this dipshit at halftime? <laughs> <laughs> halftime. Hey, it's halftime. I have a game. I'm, this is Baduzi on Twitter. I have screwed you guys many times. So I'm a big fan of the show. It's unbelievable. Hard fucking believable. Thank God for the Golden Girls. Because that's the Golden Girls. That was my goddamn mind. It's unbelievable. The <laughs> dude, they do help. There you are, them. It's fucking bull. It's unbelievable. Like, why? Why? Does no one understand how to block a goddamn ball. No one understands how to block a defense. No one understands how to fucking throw a ball. You, like, suck. There's nothing going on here. It's terrible. <laughs> I think maybe he carried a few things into the uh, stadium. Yeah. Despite the clear bag policy. Yeah. Hey, so this is Badoozy again on Twitter. Still have time. This is bullshit. <laughs> I like where he made, a, made his point. Yeah. Thought, oh, I got to call back in and tell him this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't wrong. Yeah. Spot on as always. Yeah, there's a lot of these, and uh, the Barry Odom seems to be uh, a target of a lot of this criticism. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I can't blame him. Uh, what are you going to do? I mean, this is this is what you this get. This is not what we want to be. This is what you sow. All right, one more. Corey Fatoni is fucking God. <laughs> Corey Fatoni is a fucking God. <laughs> All right, well, let's play another one. At least it's positive. Lady Autumn is hot, garbage. They need to fire him. <laughs> nice. Somebody had their kid call in. And you know what, little boy? You just got a hot garbage from his podcast. <laughs> yeah, and I, I assume that is one of our great, bold, brave, good-looking, handsome listeners who uh, had their kid call in to do that. I, But I can't stress enough, please don't let your children listen to this program. <laughs> no. <laughs> we, we've we've got adult men who get very particular and bent out of shape about listening to this show. You definitely should let your children. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So we're going to assume that this is not a child who just listens to the show and decided to call in. We hope to God it's a uh, full-grown man who uh, let their kid talk on the phone. <laughs> I've got one real quick thing to say about this whole situation that, that might work. Barry Odom and the entire coaching staff 
need to go to jail. Lock him up. <laughs> wow. Hot take. A couple years in the joint might fix his problem. Mm, but they goddamn deserve it for the, the disaster, the shame they're bringing upon our program. What about Barry Odom's emails? Barry Odom for prison. <laughs> 2016, 2017, whatever it is. Lock it's definitely Barry Odom for prison. Yeah, that's a take. That's it's a direction we weren't thinking about. No, no, certainly <laughs> criminal I charges. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally understand everybody's. Uh, I, honestly, I wondered when we got these calls this weekend if they would be this angry or whether people would start if the apathy would start to kick in. Yeah, the fact that we got calls, I think, is a good sign. Mm-hmm. I mean, I honestly, I mean, at, at what point we got a bye week coming up, mm-hmm. so uh, and then we're going to play Kentucky and probably lose badly, and it's like. I figure we're going to, our listenership's going to be down to somewhere between 12 and 14 listeners by the mm-hmm. time the season's over. So it's cut in half. Well, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. When does is, when is basketball start? November 10th. November 10th. Mm-hmm. I feel like our listenership may skyrocket Skyrocket again. it back up, yeah. yeah. Yeah, everything was going so smoothly. All good things must come to an end. I'm not really sure to say at this point. Like, I guess the only thing I really can say is, everyone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm trying to stay positive through this wonderful football season. At least so far, my fall schedule's now been freed up quite a bit to do other things. Mm. Of course, the Tony has been shown to be the greatest punter in the world. <laughs> and TJ Moe has been exposed for the know nothing jack off. <laughs> anyway, I've got to go. Auburn just scored again. <laughs> I was way too sober to stick with that shit. <laughs> It doesn't sound sober. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I like the guys who just calling in and give us the updates on their uh, alcoholism. Here's another fucking thing. Oh, All no. those goddamn Mizzou fans go, oh, we're basketball school. No, the fuck you are not. What the fuck has Mizzou done Three to basketball? Bombs. In its history. What? Made a tournament? Famous for your losses in the fucking tournament? Four. Fuck. This Five. program is fucking shit. Six. Fucking fire fucking Seven. Barry Odom. And here's the thing. If you're so fucking hyped eight. up about fucking the zoo basketball, which it Nine. should be, you're going to get elite eight top. I'd be surprised if it goes any higher than that. So get the fuck off of basketball. Ten. You're not a fucking basketball Eleven. school. And if you say you are, what the fuck? Twelve. You need to be fucking realistic. Thirteen. God damn it. I'm so mad I can't fucking speak Fourteen. right. Realistic. <laughs> About the damn thing. This whole fucking thing just fucking sucks. 16. Fuck. 17. 17 F-bombs. Nicely done, sir. (laughs) One call. (laughs) He needs my shirt. (laughs) He does. You know what? I thought the Tigers went out there, and I thought they played really well, you know? The Tigers went out there. They scored some points. They played some defense. The Tigers went out there, and they they did their thing, you know? They they played their football. They won the game. Shit. No, I mean, the Auburn Tigers. It's Mizzou hmm. fucking stuck, stuck a whole bunch of chode all over their face. <laughs> all over their face, they take chode in the mouth. All right? And then fucking you don't hear a lot Barry Odom. No. Barry Odom's all like, oh, you know, we're all... I'm not kind of a good very fucking 90s. Coach. Yeah. Not yeah. fucking suck a whole bunch of dick. I don't even know where <laughs> no, my... that's more than yeah. yeah. You know what? Fuck. I can't stand <laughs> because you know what? I come back to Mizzou every week just because, you know, you got to be a fan. But fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck them. I, I say this now and I'm going to know what's going to happen. We're going go, to we're gonna go back and we're going to fucking watch them play it next week and we're going to watch them lose next week. We're going to buy next week. And the week after that and the week after that. Fuck you it. You know, and it's going to fucking, we're going to get dicks. 
we're going to get dipped on by fucking Idaho for homecoming. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> I should have counted these We're going to fucking get creamed in the face all over by <laughs> fucking face Idaho. This guy's been That's watching Pornhub and the game. a few weeks from now. <laughs> and it's going to be fucking embarrassing. So we're going to come back game. and we're going to fucking watch it because we're going to be like, oh, you know, it's Mizzou, you know, we're fans. But fuck them. Yeah. Uh, fuck Mizzou. <laughs> fuck you, Barry Odom. Good Lord. Get fucking fired. God fucking damn it. <laughs> So I'm getting that he's frustrated. <laughs> yeah. He seemed, seemed mildly frustrated, yes. Uh, uh, the next call, Colin, I want to bring this to your attention because uh, he called in the first time we started doing these voicemails. He was the final one, and you got a kick out of him. Yeah. And it's our good, good friend uh, Ian. So um, he, he's a passionate man, and he seemed a bit, <laughs> he's, bit upset on this. He's passionate. A bit upset on this call, his, too. His, his, his passion runs very yeah. deep and boils he's a man of fire. once in a while. Yeah. Man of passion. Hey, guys, I'm sorry. I missed a pretty week, but I just absolutely... Disgusted with this Missouri Tiger effort! For God's sake, this is the fourth week in a row! We haven't even shown up to a game! God damn it! Drew Lord, the defense! I don't give a hell! Auburn scores 51 points, and that's fine! But Jesus Christ, have some freaking pride, boys! For God's sake, I don't care about hitting anyone or playing any defense! <laughs> Again, I want this guy to coach our team. I absolutely agree. He needs to be on the. <laughs> is that name Ian? Yeah, I, he's my spirit animal. Yes, yeah. Ian is great. Yeah. Ian, yeah, you're our new favorite super fan. Call anytime, please. <laughs> anytime, <laughs> anytime. I and he gets it just my, right. Yeah, he really he strikes the right note every single time. <laughs> yeah, here's another interesting one, Colin. Uh, we want to discuss this call. What's up, boys? I am a former Mizzou football player, and uh, when I was playing, I absolutely hated Henson, and he did not like me, so every time after practice, when uh, we got done, and it was like, one, he really got into me, I was just going to my car and just listening to you guys all talk shit on Chris Henson, and he absolutely made me feel so much better, so uh, you guys are awesome for that. This is shit, this shit is really hard to watch, um, I have faith in the boys. For sure. It's just hard just because when I was there, Coach Pinkle was there, you know, and he, he was he was a fucking dude. And, uh, yeah, I thought we should be talking about all that, though. Uh, a lot of other players have been kind of made on Twitter. But uh, I have faith in all the guys. And, yeah, I think it's just good to stay positive, for sure. But I uh, just wanted to say that you guys are doing a great job with this podcast, and uh, I really enjoy listening to it sometimes, so. Yeah, have a good day. Bye. Yeah, how about that? There you go. I got something for him. Yeah, I think he'll enjoy. The football is brown! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, my first thought whenever he said uh, that Henson didn't like him, it was, maybe it's Tyler Hunt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, okay. We got one more call, and then we're going to put the mailbag to our bed. Yeah, you guys are about as organized as this Missouri Tigers offense and defense. No pre-show. The show's still not on the air. Why don't you guys just go suck it? <laughs> no, we didn't do a pre-show this week. We didn't do a pre-show this week. Uh, we were kind of like, why? You know, like, what are we going to do? Talk to Auburn about, you know, how, how this game could go? 
<laughs> but you're right. We do. Uh, we, fell down. We, we fell down, and you're right to call us out, and we should absolutely go suck it. Yeah. So, all right, guys, that was this week's mailbag. Does that make you feel better, worse, other? It may, always makes me feel a little better. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> for sure. I, I enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah. yeah. We got we got a lot of calls, and we try to, like I said, we're trying to play as many as we can, but sometimes we just can't get them all in. So, congrats if you made the show. Sorry if you didn't. Keep calling in next week. We will get you on there eventually. Yep. Yep. And Ian, good job. <laughs> <laughs> love to have a beer with you sometime yeah. again. That's right. And, and uh, you know, there's going to be a spot open on the squad, and I think you're a motivator. Yeah. If anything. They're looking for somebody. With fire in their belly. Yeah. Because, so. you know, they, you can say what you want about Barry Odom's passion in that speech. Mm-hmm. It was not Ian passion. That's right. Oh, no, it didn't no. even touch it. No. Yeah. No. Ian sets the bar high. <laughs> yeah. Sure right, does. Guys, let's take our final break for the day. We'll come back with Kansas News and go around the horn with the SEC. This is the Mazzotcast. I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No, our blades are f***ing great. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com, and the party is on. Now back to the Chloe Kardashian of podcasts, the Mazad Cast. A lot of us are doing three kinds of suns in Kansas: sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Colin, Caleb. Kansas Chocolate Festival expands in second year, adds sweet offerings for guests. Mm. Always good things coming out of Kansas. Uh, returning for its second year, the Kansas Chocolate Festival sweetening the deal. From 10 to 3 on Saturday, downtown Topeka, all the favorites will be returning. The Mars NASCAR, various demonstrations, and all the chocolate you can eat. However, there's now even more things to try. Prairie dogs dipped in chocolate. Mm-hmm. Deep fried prairie dogs. <laughs> Delicious. New this year, a children's play area for $10. Uh, you'll get a wristband that's good for all day. The kids can play in bounce houses. A mobile gaming unit. That's what they call a mobile home with an old NES in, in it. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, Mario. And you can even pet some puppies hoping to be adopted from the Humane Society. The kids section will take over an entire block. There will be live music and parents can stay close. I hope that the Humane Society is going to ensure that these people aren't taking the puppies home mm-hmm. for dinner. Right. As a, and then they are, in fact, using them as pets. Yeah, the meat is hard to come by unless it's of the prairie dog variety. <laughs> so, dog is a delicacy. <laughs> we sent applications to tons of chocolatiers throughout the U.S., and when they heard about the success of last year's festival, they all wanted to participate, said the director of tourism for Topeka. We're so excited for, for a chocolatier from Florida to fly in and want to be part of our event. They'll also be part of the Chocolate After Dark event as well. So that's really cool. That sounds like a porno I watched once. Uh, Definitely dipping their uh, naughty parts in chocolate, I'm assuming. It's a real chocolate fondue (laughs) of genitals. Oh, God. And meth. Oh, chocolate meth rocks. Mm, Mm, That sounds delightful. Kansas man found dead after eight months sitting in parking lot. (laughs) 
I saw that <laughs> in the fucking airport. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Carolina Potter reported her husband, Randy Potter, missing to the Lenexa, Kansas Police Department back in January. He reportedly took off from his home and never came back, leaving his wife without any clues as to where he could be. The investigation has since continued with no hints as to where he may have gone. And after eight months had passed, Mrs. Potter is still determined to find her husband. It only lasted a week, but police found the 53-year-old Potter's remains in his truck at the Kansas City International Airport. So I'm guessing they don't patrol the parking lot much. One, one might think, yeah, security, maybe not. Uh, I mean, it's a hell of a bill, too. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, initially people would want think, well, what about the smell? Wouldn't the smell attract somebody? Like, mm, you've never been to Kansas. Yeah, now, granted, this was at the Kansas City Airport, so it was inside Missouri lines, but there are there's a lot a of Kansas Kansans. Kansas residents, Brendan. Yeah, there's a lot there's of Kansans. there's lots of Kansans there. Yeah. You know, you can't keep the odor out of Missouri. No, that's right. Kansas City Star reports that the local PD was tipped off when someone reported a horrible smell <laughs> coming from a park truck a at Missouri the airport. Missouri resident, I'm sure. <laughs> it was then the police investigated the scene, finding the body after nearly a year of searching. It's since been ruled an apparent suicide after believing for months that Potter had chosen to leave his family. A detective was assigned the same day that Potter was reported missing. There are a few hundred man-hours put in on that case, none of which involved going to the airport. He did kind of choose to leave his family. (laughs) It's a fair point. Yes, he did. In a way, he did. This is similar to an incident that occurred in 1994 when a 39-year-old Wayne Grossenhode, a Kansas man who was found in the trunk of his car by his wife, she discovered his body after telling the police to check the airport for his car. Police found that car Friday, but officers did not examine the vehicle because they thought the man might have left town, but instead dead in the trunk. (laughs) I mean, that's day one stuff. You check the trunk. Mad pooper on the run in Kansas, and police are on her tail. Ooh, her tail. That's right. A Kansas neighborhood. Feminism. <laughs> a Kansas neighborhood's raising a stink over a jogger who keeps defecating around, <laughs> defecating around the houses, even in front of the children. Neighbors have nicknamed her the Mad Pooper, and they've asked police to make this squatter stop. The woman has been leaving for number twos for nearly two months now. You can't make this shit up. Uh, they beeped out the ship. Shit. Mm-hmm. But there's a lady taking a poop. Kathy Bud's children told her one day at the beginning of the defecation drama when Bud went outside, she caught the woman mid-squat, pants down, uh, outside of her house. Are you really taking a poop right here in front of the kids? An incredulous Bud asked her. Yeah, sorry, the woman answered. Now the runner poops at least once a week around the neighborhood, Bud told a local TV station, which shows a soiled napkin lying on the ground. Good the, Lord. The mad pooper comes prepared. It's abnormal. It's not something I've come across in my career, says Sergeant Jonathan Sharchetti of the uh, Kansas Police Department. For someone to repeatedly do such a thing is uncharted territory for me. In May, surveillance footage and social media led police to a man who defecated on a porch of his dead ex-girlfriend out of revenge, according to KKTV. I feel like her being dead is probably the best revenge. Yeah, I was going to say revenge. She's dead. Who's, whoever cleaned up the poop is really the person that's <laughs> yeah. having to... Yeah, the dead lady didn't have anything to do with this. <laughs> Bud said a nearby park had porta potties and a convenience store also had bathrooms, so she's not sure why the woman wouldn't just quit with the drive-by dumps. The police asked Bud's to photograph the woman to help identify her. Don't the, do that. The runner could face charges of indecent exposure and public defamation, which apparently are illegal in What Kansas. is that, a beige soft-serve ice cream machine there? <laughs> no, God, that's a picture of a woman taking a dump. Yeah, you told me to take it. You told me to bring mm-hmm. it to you. I had to poo-poo, and so <laughs> here I go. All right, and our final story for the day. Caleb, did Kansas play football this week? Uh, they played West Virginia, actually. And the score was West Virginia 56, Kansas 34. Is is that Will Greer cat from uh, Florida playing quarterback for West Virginia now? 
Yes, I believe so, yes. Mm-hmm. So so while Florida middles around with no quarterback, mm-hmm. they shipped off a pretty decent one. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I am jealous of the 34 points put up mm-hmm. by Kansas. Congratulations. Yeah. David Beatty, looking for a new job? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, way to go, Kansas. they uh, still sitting on that one win, as we are. Mm-hmm. And this has been Kansas News. All right, why don't we turn our attention to uh, our conference, which we, I mean, my interest in these other games has diminished greatly since we're not competitive in the SEC, mm-hmm. but we should, as members of the SEC, continue to go around the horn. Jesus loves football. And we, as we always do, we all invite our good friend, the Paul Feinbot, to join us. So, Colin, if you would start him up. Nick Saban, Nick Saban, let's get started. All right, thanks for joining us, Paul. Thank you. All right, Caleb, uh, what was on the docket this week? Well, we'll start with a high-scoring matchup of Texas A&M and Arkansas. This was kind of an interesting game because uh, these two teams are kind of toilet dwellers in the West, Mm -hmm. and as we all know, Kevin Sumlin's job's always in jeopardy. I I didn't watch the game. Mm -hmm. I saw on Twitter a lot of people questioning old Burt's decision-making in this Mm -hmm. game, which I... I think I've mentioned before seems strange. Yeah. I don't think I saw the post game press conference. Bert was in tears. Get this. He has a seventeen point five million dollar buyout mm. for like the next two years. So Bert guess what, in. Arkansas fans? Yeah, you got some Bert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've been birded. What was the final score of this A and M fifty, Arkansas forty three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Defensive Bert's battle. lawyer took it to Arkansas. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, he fucking hammered him. Yeah. Yeah. Then we'll go to another coach that's on a hot seat here in Tennessee and Butch Jones playing UMass. Do you guys want to guess the score? No. <laughs> well, Tennessee won the game 17 to 13. And I did watch the end of this one, and UMass had to poop the bed to make this work. Yeah. It was. Tennessee uh, is still the pick to win the high ball. I'd say that's a bold statement. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they they won, but uh, they won the way that uh, we did against Missouri State, like yeah. in a way that didn't make anybody happy. A bit unconvincingly. Yeah, um, I saw uh, several people say, you know, Butch Jones shouldn't be fired because he won, but he should be playing for his job next week. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that's been Butch's motto, though. He he he's. Scrape most of half the wins that Tennessee has, they scrape out against bad teams. I saw Clay Travis is cheering for Tennessee to lose, so Butch will get fired now. I'm not, I want Butch to be there forever. Yeah, Yeah. great hot garbage. You better believe it, Paul. And then uh, South Carolina taking on Louisiana Tech. Mm -hmm. Ooh, barn burner 17, South Carolina 16, Louisiana Tech. Yeah, they were celebrating this win. They should have lost this game. It happens every time with these little schools, they get. They tighten up. I mean, they just pucker so hard, yeah. and they fall apart in the end. But, man, they should have won this game. Do you remember the Sunshine Pumpers when we were playing South Carolina, talking about how good South Carolina was, yeah. that we shouldn't be too upset? Yeah, because South, South Carolina's going to compete. No, they're not. And then uh, we talked about this last week. Alabama was going to play Vandy, and Alabama had given up some points the week before. Nick Saban. And we said Nick Saban would not allow Vandy to score. Well, and you know what? Vanderbilt had gotten a little chesty about this game. You don't get chesty with all with uh, Alabama. You get chesty and you lose fifty nine to Dick. Oh boy, you're right about that. Mm-hmm. Nick Saban pushed their turds way up there. He sure did. <laughs> Nick Saban called that one right on the spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. not a tough call. <laughs> no. And then we had LSU um, in Baton Rouge playing Syracuse, which everybody was talking upset in this game. <laughs> 
And I don't know, it was closer than you think. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. close game. 35-26 was the score LSU. LSU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, LSU doesn't look great this year. No, no, they don't. Like I the said, whole they, West, the whole SEC doesn't look yeah, great. I'm going to tell you what, we're not. Uh, it just means more. Yeah, I don't know about all that. <laughs> I had a buddy that went to the game. He said he banged out an LSU girl, and she smelled like corn dogs. <laughs> I would expect nothing. Oh, I like that bet. Yeah, yeah, me too, Paul. <laughs> and then uh, Georgia played Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Um, and a game that I actually thought would be a good game turned out to be a shit show with Georgia winning 31-3. to Yeah, Mississippi State coming off their big win last week and kind of, again, shows yep. you that LSU's garbage man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, watch out for Georgia. Watch out for Uga. And then and another close. I think Georgia is going to win the East. Mm. <laughs> Changing his mind again. Yeah. In a close game, we have Florida 28, Kentucky 27. Florida mm. pulling another one out of their hat. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? This tells me. Boy, Kentucky is going to murder the Tigers. That's <laughs> yes. uh, a point in our lives where we're saying Kentucky is going to murder the Tigers, and we're not being facetious. And we're not talking about basketball. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And that would, uh, besides the Mizzou game, which we've already discussed, that would take care of the SEC schedule for this week. Okay. Well, what do we got coming up for uh, this week? Oh, some great matchups like New Mexico State versus Arkansas. Oh, that old chestnut. Mm-hmm. That is a that is a old standing rivalry yeah. in college football lore. Mm-hmm. And Arkansas may very well lose. I would like to pick New Mexico State just for fun. I want to see Arkansas have to buy out that contract. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah. A little Walmart money goes a long way. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure does. And then we have Vanderbilt and Florida. Mm. That actually might be a good game because neither one of these teams know how to score, but they both have pretty stout defenses, or at least Vanderbilt appeared to until this week. Not sure about that. Yeah, I know. After this week, it's confusing, Paul, mm-hmm. but... Uh, I think it's it's in Florida. I did notice at the Bama game that there was more Bama fans in Nashville than there were. Uh, I think Vandy that's fans. pretty normal. Alabama. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean it was. I mean, I've been to a Vander- Vanderbilt. Fans. I've been to was, a Vanderbilt yeah. game as a Mizzou fan, and say it's hard to say we didn't probably match them. It fan was pretty for close. Fan. That year. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty You're close. right about that. So I'm going to take Florida in that game. I believe I will too. We lost to Vanderbilt that year, by the way. Yes, yeah, we did. It was Check. Terrible crooked goalpost. <laughs> yeah, that was crooked goalpost. Uh, good hot chicken. Terrible game. Yep. Uh, Go Tigers. Georgia versus Tennessee. Mm-hmm. There we have it. This will be uh, tough for Paul to make a decision. <laughs> yeah. What's what's Bray's going to go, Paul? Georgia. Uh, Tennessee is still the pick to win the East. I think Georgia is going to win the East. Oh, well, there you go. Tennessee is still the pick to win the SEC. Make up your mind. I, I'm going to agree with Paul. They're both going to win. <laughs> oh, no. Georgia. Yeah, Georgia's going to we'll win. We'll go with Georgia. But this I don't is the care what the odds of, are. <laughs> this is one of those games that Tennessee will inexplicably win somehow, and mm-hmm. Butch Jones will get another couple weeks out of it or something, yeah, and, and Tennessee fans will, <laughs> will just fucking I think like, the ship's been righted. Yeah. Next match, matchup would be Eastern Michigan versus Kentucky. Oh, this is where we really miss Brian Goers when those mm-hmm. sweet Eastern Michigan stats. <laughs> yeah. In terms of great matchups in college football history, this will not qualify. No, no, it won't, Paul. The only mm-hmm. stat I have is uh, that Eastern Michigan is probably located on the east side of the state. Mm-hmm. Nice there call. You go. Yeah. yeah, that's Nicely research. done, Caleb. Uh, um, looked into that one. <laughs> I am going to pick Kentucky to win. Yeah, I think we'll go with Kentucky. Kentucky. And then uh, Mississippi State versus Auburn. Mm, yeah. Well, what do you think? That could be an interesting matchup. I mean, Mississippi well, State's week, been up say, and down. Auburn. I'm, I'm going to say Auburn. After what I saw tonight and or last night, and uh, after what I saw Mississippi do last night, state I mean, whatever. I mean, it's fucking. It doesn't look good. I think Incorrect. Mississippi State's going to lose that one to Auburn. Yeah. 
And then uh, Tro- Gus Malzahn and the fighting sweaters are going to take it to him. Yeah, yes, sir. Troy versus the Corn Dogs of LSU. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think LSU will get that thing yeah, righted yeah, there. Sure. Yeah, put a little mustard on it. LSU. <laughs> And uh, South Carolina versus A and M. I'm going to go with South Carolina on this one. This is going to be a shit show, as they yeah. as they say. Yeah, I don't think either one of these programs is great. Taking out aside the Mizzou Tigers, you may have the two dumbest coaches in the uh, SEC going head to head. Yeah, it's South someone, someone. We so have we someone, someone versus versus Muschamp. Mm-hmm. Will Will, yeah. and you know those two, I feel like are the front runners. Again, setting aside our own team. And then you have the Butch Jones and mm-hmm, the Burns, mm-hmm. obviously. Right. But uh, I think these two guys are the front runners. I'm, I'm confident saying that. The final game is Ole Miss versus Alabama. Well. Alabama. 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 Hugh Freeze got the job done a couple times. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he was paying players. Right. And, you know, of course, he had the almighty on his side. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Do you see uh, Hugh Freeze made a public statement apologizing, basically saying the same thing he said to you in a private message last mm-hmm. week? Yeah, basically saying that uh, taking zero ownership. Like it was, <laughs> it, a, it was a Hillary a, Clinton apology. Have you yeah. offered to be his personal counselor? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm the life coach he's looking for, Caleb. If he yeah, wants to get away from be, prostitution. Actually, you may right. be the we, one. <laughs> we provide therapy for Mizzou fans, and apparently, privately, Hugh Freeze. At least the ones yep. that you take home, you know, disappear. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I can't oh. ever tell on you. That's mm-hmm. right. I could give him some tips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, since Mizzou has a bye, you know, we won't talk about who they're playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd still take the points. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Drew Locke? We don't know anymore. Yeah, that's, it's a valid question at this point. <laughs> so, and that's it for the uh, Around the Horn with the SEC, I suppose. So, uh, Paul, thanks for joining us. We're going to put you away. Adios. A man of the people speaking that Spanish. <laughs> 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 okay, fellas, we're at the final part of our show where we pick our two prizes we award each week one of them is the tj mo douche of the week douche of the week got any candidates for that one this week i mean i think i want to avoid anybody associated with our tigers we are mad at them for losing and being mm-hmm. bad but they again like you said colin they're not necessarily doing anything douchey yeah. they're just playing bad football yeah yeah douchey is is a behavior mm-hmm. um so i really I'm having a trouble coming up with anybody specific mm-hmm. um, this go round, really. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, I think I've been so mired in our own yeah. shit that I haven't really paid attention mm-hmm. to the nation's douches. Who 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 who's douchey? Who's somebody's got to be douchey out there, guys? I kind of was hoping TJ Moore would say something douchey. Well, he did, but I, we can't give it to him three weeks in a row. Yeah, you know. What's Clay Travis done this week? Oh boy, uh, apparently uh, he's not a big fan of. Uh, kneeling during the national anthem oh and he said boobs on cnn oh yeah and let's how about that that that's pretty douche the douche move there is not that he said boobs on espn yeah. it's that or on cnn it's that he said it and and pretended it was a story uh-huh. you know what i mean like oh, nobody else right. thought it was a story but <laughs> but he just like kept tweeting about it and tweeting about it, like and now they're saying this and now they're saying that and it's just like boobgate <laughs> clay I, I know that this is what I mean, he's smart, ultimately, at the end of the day. I mean, like, he's perpetuating it as a story. No one else is. But Mm. if you're following Clay Travis and you're in to outkick the coverage, I mean, you you probably thought it was the biggest story in the nation. He Mm. caters to his audience very well. Because I'm sitting here. I follow him. I'm sitting here watching his timeline. He's all about the boob gate. And then I you know, kind of look around Twitter looking for stuff about it, and I realize that nobody is – cares about it but clay travis he's an excellent self-promoter 
Douche of the Week. And the Douche of the Week. There we go. We got a winner. All right. Now this is going to be even you harder. Wait. Yeah. Okay. Paul Feinbaum called us an embarrassment at the SEC again. Does that count? Oh, he did? Well, well he's right, though. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it douchey when he's accurate? Yeah, it's probably not. Mm-hmm. And but in our We say us, but he does talk about us directly. So yeah. are you talking about the Mizzou or the Mizzoucast? No, Mizzou. Um, but, um, Thank you, Mizzoucast podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'll say this in defense of Mizzou. We could be embarrassing in any conference. That's right. It just... It, we just happen to be in the SEC. Yeah, quit pulling the SEC up on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. We can we could drag down any conference. Mm-hmm. We could embarrass the Mac. <laughs> so uh, yeah, all right. Well, let's move on to the uh, Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game Award, Colin. There are a few things in life um, after watching a game like this that can give me joy, but Kirk Farmer's Hair is one of them. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair Player of the Game. So, who are we going to name in a game where we got beat 51 to 14? It, I mean, honestly, it's one of those things where it's like Corey Fatoni every week. I mean, Corey Fatoni is the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. He is, of course, our punter. So, do you want to give it to him? I don't want to give it to him. Mm-hmm. But what else other choice do we have? Uh, you heard there our is, callers. There is no other choice. Yeah. Let's just do it. Okay. Fatoni, player of the game. Yep. Okay, guys, that's I think that'll do it. Uh, I feel like this show's been low energy. Thank for the, thank goodness for the calls. I know it sucked it right out of us. The yeah. joy. Uh, so yeah, next week obviously is a bye. We're going to come to you and give you a bye week show. I'm not sure what the hell we're going to talk about. Really, I mean, I don't know. We're. I guess we could dig deeper. I think there will be stories to develop about uh, the state of the program, Barry Odom's status, all those sorts. Well, of Barry things. Odom's going to have to talk again. Yeah, you know, are we going to get? We've got the Monday the, uh, press conference. Are we going to get more of the? Uh, you know, pound the fist on the podium, spirited Gary Odom. We're going to go back to the uh, stoic, not say much Barry Odom. Um, you know, and truthfully, guys, I do not think this will happen. In fact, I would I would bet a lot of money that it won't. Mm-hmm. But we could be talking about Barry Odom getting fired this week. I mean, truthfully. I mean, if it's going to happen, it would be today or tomorrow. Barry Odom for prison. Yeah, I don't know about Barry that. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's no. just going to be like Kim Anderson. Uh, Jim Sturr going to run out the string on the contract. He's been year. asked directly and pretty much said that he doesn't really see a point in firing people mid-season. Well, and I, we mentioned in the previous shows, who who fills in for the rest of the season? I mean, who yeah. on this coaching Heibel. staff are you going to go, I want him to be the head coach for the rest of the season? Who conceivably in the staff gets you a win? Mm-hmm. Ian? Ian. Well, yeah. I mean, if... Uh, listen, God damn it! <laughs> yeah, if I would... Uh, if, uh, if I had anything to say, Ian would have his shot. This would be the right time to do it too. Let him mm-hmm. let Ian run out the string on this season. We'll see where he's at at the end of the mm-hmm. season, and you know that, then it's a coaching search. And right. Ian's got a few games to show us what he's got before mm-hmm. we go out and test him against you know the less mm-hmm. Mileses of the world. Right? Yeah. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world, frankly. Yeah, Ian, <laughs> yeah, Ian's in, and, and I, I didn't say it earlier, but I'm pretty sure Ian fucks aggressively too. So <laughs> yeah. that's the kind of guy I want coaching my team. Yeah. Okay. You can hear it in his voice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody, for calling in uh, these games. It makes it makes doing this tolerable, frankly. Yep. And uh, do follow us on our Twitter account at Mazodcast. Send us your emails, Mazodcast at gmail.com. We'll try to be as good as we can. But we had some emails last week that fell through because uh, we had so many voicemails. But send them on in. We read every one. And we look forward to hearing from you. And we like seeing all the uh, interactions. So until then, guys. This has been the Mazodcast, M-I-Z. Z-O-U.
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.